0: hello and welcome to the first and football show i am your host tobias brown and folks we are back with another 2023 nfl draft prospect interview going back to elon university it's a place we visited a while ago and we're back there today joined today by 2023 nfl draft prospect University, Elon defensive back Cole Coleman. Cole, how are we doing today, man?
1: Man, I feel great. It's Sunday. It's the one day you get off from uh, pre-draft prep, so uh, this is a little bit this is my this is my work environment for the day and uh, I'm enjoying relaxing a little bit as well.
0: I was going to say I'm I'm especially now that you're in the middle of February, it's got to be intensifying now that you've gotten through things like CGS and stuff. Do you feel the heat turning up on it yet?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, the heat is more so just in the day-to-day grind of it like You're not dealing with um, so much stuff outside of just combine training. So, yeah, at first it was a lot of, okay, let me get an agent. Let me see what I can do for marketing. Let me see, you know, uh, what I can do for branding. And now that stuff has kind of settled down and it's just put your head down, work. And, you know, that's been the day-to-day grind that I've been dealing with lately.
0: You know, and you kind of, you have a really cool story just from, you know, start to where you are now. So I want to go all the way back to your early childhood. Tell me a little bit about where you're from, man, and where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, born and raised. Um, my mom and dad met at NC State. My dad was a wide receiver for, for the Wolfpack. My mom was a tennis player. So that's how I was made. And then, um, you know, early childhood, I pretty much was born with a football in my hand. You know, I was born right when my dad was going from, NC state to the NFL kind of in the process that I'm in right now. And, um, he played with the Titans for a couple of years. You know, I can't remember any of that, but I just know uh, football has always been something that's been there and it's been a major part of my life ever or dating back all the way to my childhood.
0: Do you feel like I'm always interested when guys have, you know, parents who were pro athletes at one point, do you feel like having your dad who's been through this, you feel like having a pro athlete helped or hurt?
1: Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to something like that, but I definitely think overall it was a good thing. Uh, he brings a lot of knowledge and expertise to the game, not only just schematically like you would expect, but also just the know how of already being here. So, you know, he could tell me, hey, watch out for this. Hey, you're going to get taxed on this and it's not going to actually be this, you know, this situation that you think it is. Uh, when you get an agent, you should look out for these sort of things. You know what I mean? So he's already been through the process that a lot of guys have to struggle to navigate, you know, in the real world. So um, I think it's been a huge benefit to my life and um, he's given me a lot of value over the years, just in the intangible ways.
0: So, you know, going through high school, North Carolina, we've talked to a few guys from North Carolina and they all say that North Carolina is a basketball state. So what was high school football like for you down there?
1: Yeah, uh, North Carolina, it, I would consider it the hoop state probably, but um football is definitely no slouch at all. And I think the thing about North Carolina is, there's so many good individuals more so than stacked teams, if that makes sense. Like I played against guys that are in the league, guys that were up for Heisman, you know, I played against plenty of different crazy athletes. My Pop Warner team has seven, eight guys that went D1. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a ton of talent sprinkled around North Carolina and playing football there. It's not, you know, the deep South where you're going to shut down the entire town, but there's still a ton of great athletes come out of Charlotte area Raleigh area and then you know Fayetteville and just it all around you know so
0: like we alluded to you ended up at Elon so walk me through what your recruiting process was like and why you ultimately chose Elon
1: okay yeah that's I mean that's quick and simple my recruiting process was kind of a nightmare honestly um I went through three head coaches in high school so just that instability right there I think affected my recruitment in a couple ways because when a coach leaves everybody that he knows leaves with him and now you got college coaches contacted coaches that aren't even at your school anymore. So, uh, that I think posed some problems for me. Um, I had a really solid junior season playing offense and defense. And then my senior year, I ended up getting hurt and missing a good chunk of it. So, uh, the summer before my senior year, I went to Elon for the camp, just on a whim. I was by myself. Uh, the coach, the D line coach at the time, Jared Hall, called me. He's like, Hey Cole, we want to see you work out. Uh, we like your film a lot, but we want to see you live. There's a camp coming up this Saturday. We want you to be there. My birthday was like two days before. I was like, ah, whatever, let's do it. So I went, and drove there by myself. Um, obviously they liked what they saw out of me at the camp, and I got the offer right then and right there. And that was my first offer. Um, Coach Signetti, who coaches at James Madison now, called me into his office. He had a sandwich, had his legs crossed, and said, hey, Cole, we want we want you to play for us." I mean, hey. My mom's not here to help me make the decision, but I'm going to have to wait on it. But uh, ultimately, that ended up being my best opportunity. Um, And it was really my only official scholarship offer coming out of high school. So I really have one D1 offer from Elon, which um, I accepted, and the rest is history.
0: You know, one thing that I always find interesting with guys, especially a guy like yourself who has played a lot of college football, and in today's world, when you play as many snaps as you played, at one school, it's kind of a rarity now. Now that the portal's a big deal, everybody, you know, at least contemplates dipping their toes into it. I mean, all anybody's got to do is look at your stats. Over 200 career tackles. You're a productive player. Was there ever a point in time where, as the production kept coming and the accolades kept coming, do you ever think about the transfer portal, or has Elon always felt like home?
1: Uh, I think a better question is, was there ever a time where I didn't think about the transfer portal? <laughs> I mean, there's just so many opportunities out there and you know you see guys taking advantage of it left and right and you know I was a guy who started my entire freshman season almost aside from the first two games and immediately in that offseason you know I contemplated especially when coach Signetti took a job elsewhere because back then the rules were you know you have to set out a year unless your coach leaves and you know I kind of had that get out of jail free card where okay a lot of guys a lot of teams passed on me early but now I have opportunity to kind of Uh, explore some of those options that maybe I didn't have but um, for me I mean I think the connections that I built at Elon went a long way and the education that was there um, was a big selling point for me as well so uh, the last time I really seriously contemplated was this offseason and I ultimately decided to stay for the senior class that we had we felt like we had a special group of guys and we had all been there and played hundreds and thousands of snaps together and you know, we stuck it out, wanted to achieve something big. And, um, you know, we made some things happen that haven't been done in quite a long time at Elon. So uh, I don't regret a thing, but I definitely had some opportunities. And I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't think about it, you know, each and every offseason and every, every chance that I had.
0: You know, and at Elon, you guys play some very tough competition. You know, we had Jackson on he highlighted some of the guys that he had to go up against and some of the competition you guys played against. Is there a guy, you know, in your time there at Elon that you had to go up against that you were just like, man, that guy was just a little bit better than some of the other guys I've played. Are there any names that stick out in your head?
1: Oh uh, yeah. The first one I could think of. And it's crazy because I didn't realize until years later who this guy actually was Uh, sophomore year. We played Wake Forest in 2019 and they're, running back who wasn't even the starter at the time they had a running back that split carries his name was Kenneth Walker third. and you know if you know anything about college football you know a little bit about him so uh, to me if anytime anybody asked me you know who the best running back I ever played was even before I knew who the guy was even before he was at Michigan State I was like yeah this guy was just different like he was extremely hard to get down so uh, I think that's the first name I could think of you know when it comes to guys who were just on a, on a different level he was a, he was a freak
0: you know, and it's crazy because a lot of guys think as a DB you're going to pick a running back, but, I mean, I'm mean, you're going to pick a wide receiver, but to pick a running back, that should just tell you, I mean, and it's not like he had a bad year with the Seahawks in his rookie year. From what I understand, he's doing all right for himself.
1: <laughs> he's doing pretty good, pretty decent. He was on my fantasy team this year.
0: Well, then you were happier than I was with my running backs. I'm pretty sure I was hitting the waiver wire every week, and somehow we still pulled out a fantasy title. We can thank Jamar Chase for that.
1: That's a Jamar Chase.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I got to ask you, because, you know, when you play at a school like Elon, a school that you talked about, that that senior class that you had, Jackson brought it up when we had him on, how tight-knit you guys were. A lot of you guys played right away, whether it be starting at your position or starting on special teams. You guys had to contribute right away. So do you feel that that helped you more? You know, some guys like to come in red shirt and be able to kind of get acclimated, but you were thrown right in the deep end. Did you appreciate getting to play right away?
1: absolutely i came in early in the spring um i was 17 for my whole first semester of college you know trying to navigate the world a young boy just trying to learn a playbook and whatnot but the, the best teacher is snaps in my opinion and i think that helped me tremendously just being out there and messing up getting it right in the film room just reps and reps and reps you know what i mean um the game moves at a different pace when you're moving from high school to To college so i think you know that's a it's definitely a big benefit that i've played so so many snaps and i think it built a lot of leadership qualities that started to manifest themselves in the locker room weight room film room right away and i think that helped us as a team
0: you know you played a lot of football in your time there is there a memory that stands out as being a little more special than the rest
1: um yeah i mean there's so many memories obviously but the first thing that popped in my head was beating James Madison. Um, I know we were the, like a 38 point underdog. It was probably, I think it was the biggest upset in, in history or something like that at the time. It was huge. Um, and that was all the way back in 2018, my my freshman year. And I just remember, you know, the senior class at the time came from essentially nothing. They were like a two win, three win school for a lot of their careers. So to see those guys and get the pig, the biggest payoff of their careers on the biggest stage, you know, something that stuck with me for a long time. And that was a that was a great team. I still have a lot of close relationships with the, with the older guys that they kind of taught me the ropes all the way back then. You know, in your
0: time at Elon, you guys have had some very talented quarterbacks and very talented wide receivers, you know, really honestly a stacked room in both regards that you don't see at the FCS level. You don't normally see that deep of a wide receiver and quarterback room at an FCS school. So how do you feel? having those guys to go up against and practice every day kind of helps prepare you for this, you know, NFL draft process.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm extremely thankful, you know, because day in and day out, I felt like I was training against the best competition that there was in the CAA. Like nobody in the CAA gave me problems in the slot, like Bryson, like Bryson Daughtry did, you know, nobody gave me problems on the outside, like Jackson Perum did. No quarterbacks gave me problems like Davis cheek, and Matt McKay could. So to be able to go against those guys in practice um, made playing in the games all that much more natural and fluid for me. You know, and now that
0: you're preparing for the draft, what was the moment like? You know, obviously we all dream of that opportunity to put the post out there, have the, you know, graphic edited and, you know, that says we're declaring. So what was the moment like, you know, for you when you ultimately made that decision and what were your emotions like when you made it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... surreal in a sense, but at the same time, it's also sort of humbling. And I feel like um, it it was definitely a big moment for me just to be able to say, okay, I'm in, like, I'm committing to this process. This is what I've worked my entire life for. But it also, you know, it's just a landmark that shows you, okay, you still have this far to go. You still have to make, or you still have a lot of things in the way to, to get yourself to that ultimate goal of being on a team, being on a roster. So Uh, while it was something to to celebrate for sure it's it's also the mark of a lot more work to come and um, you know it's just it's something that I'll probably keep with me for a long time you know as a DB I'm always
0: interested because DBs you know now when you guys get picks it's running to the end zone to celebrate with your teammates it's everybody's got to have some cool celebration move so what's your go-to you make a big play what's the go-to move to let the crowd know that you're you're there (laughs)
1: <laughs> right so uh our db room had so many discussions about this and we had a lot of different uh interesting personalities in there and even the coaching staff was fully supportive of uh, all the different personalities that we had in there so i know interceptions or turnovers throw the ball up and you shooting it out the sky you know, i mean as soon as it hits the ground the whole whole defense whole offense gra- gathers up and is boom and it's just a crazy spectacle and then um Anytime you make a great tackle, I love to cut him at the knees and then give that a little chop. Let him know, cut him down. You know what I mean. So those are the two my two go tos. I would say. Do you have a play? You know when Jack when I had Jackson on. Jackson
0: has like this highlight real touchdown, which I'm sure you're you're gonna remember it as well. Where I'm fairly certain the guy did not see the football. He just put his hands up and the ball found him. So do you have a play in your highlight reel that you're like, yeah, that's my go-to, like, that's always going to be a special play for me?
1: Man, there's a there's a couple. Um,
0: Two's always okay, too, you know. That, that just tells me you're making plays.
1: I mean, two, three, four. Uh, the main play that I can think of, and it's just because it was something I always kind of wanted to do. I remember I watched Tyron Matthews, highlights back in the day with the arizona cardinals it was either his first year or his second year and he had a play where a guy's walking scot free into the end zone he runs up behind them pokes the ball out falls out the back of the end zone touchback um 2019 delaware same exact scenario same exact conclusion the tight ends running scot free to the end zone he doesn't see me and i just run up give a nice little tap from behind ball flies out touchback, our ball and i just i mean there's uh, obviously a bunch of plays that I could go about, uh, but that one to me was just cool because that was something that I visualized so many times, and it just happened.
0: So now that you're training for the draft, obviously, you know, you've had some really cool opportunities. We talked about you were at CGS and, you know, made your mark there. What was it like to get to be a part of the College Gridiron Showcase, and how do you feel you did down there?
1: Yeah, I think the Gridiron was solid. Um, it put me in front of a lot of scouts, something that I haven't had you know, coming from a smaller school. It definitely uh, gave me uh, the chance to be in front of a lot of bigger school guys, a lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps at a high level, um, and some big names too, like guys that I wouldn't necessarily be in the room with if it weren't for something like the showcase to put me there. And for me, it was an eye opener like, I belong here. Like, this is, I still felt like I was the best DB there. I felt like I was the best athlete on the field. And I feel like any scout that was there watching the drills could tell. Uh, what i was bringing to the table so I, I thank cgs for bringing me there it was a cool experience definitely good to meet a lot of new guys um get to share your experiences and and talk football with a bunch of new a bunch of new faces but um for me the best part about it was just being able to show that i can compete will compete and I belong on a bigger stage than even that one you know and one thing that you probably are getting
0: accustomed to now as you've been around more scouts been around this draft process for a couple months now is everybody's got a way they describe the way you play football. Everybody's got words that they use to describe it. But if you could describe you the way you play the game of football in your own words, how would you describe it?
1: Yeah. um, I think I'm a weapon. That's how I usually would describe myself as a football player. I would say I'm a, a defensive weapon. I'm more built for causing havoc. Um, extremely fast and versatile and i think that uh anybody that picks me up is going to have to figure out how to best utilize my skill set to create havoc but i think anybody that passes up on me is going to have to also get to the drawing board and figure out how they can best stop me from causing their team too much damage so i think yeah if i was going to describe myself as anything as a player it would just be a versatile defensive weapon
0: you know and that's one thing that's always interesting especially as defensive backs you know you got to You have to have versatility in today's game. I mean, to paint yourself in a position where you're only an inside corner or an outside corner, it's very hard in today's game because of how much of a passing league it is. So what do you think helps separate you from some other DB prospects in this year's class?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, that versatility, you hit right on the head with that. That's, I think that's one of the main things. Uh, My versatility comes into play in a bunch of different ways. I came in as a corner, instantly moved to safety. And I've played every single spot on our defense from high safety, nickel safety, strong field side. Uh, I've commanded a defense from an intellectual point of view and being able to set everybody up. I know coverages, no offensive concepts at this point. So I think the main things that separate me from the top prospects are just the fact that I am willing to and can play any position in the defensive back field. Um, My speed is elite. I fly around the field. If you watch the film, I fly off the screen and If you watch the pro day, I anticipate flying around there, too. Um, And my high IQ and my aggression as well. I'm a very sound tackler. Done it a lot, made a lot of tackles, been put in a lot of positions to make a lot of plays. So, yeah, I would say those are the main things.
0: You know, and that's one thing I've talked to a lot of coaches that are like, you know, it almost feels like DBs don't tackle as much anymore. DBs, you know, if you've ever heard Deion Sanders talk about business decisions as a corner, sometimes, oh, I'm not going to make that tackle because, you know, it's a more physical tackle. But watching your film, you don't shy away from contact. You like hitting. So, you know, talk about where that mindset of, you know, where does that come from? That willingness to be anywhere on the field, fly to the football and just hit hard no matter, you know, who's got the ball.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint down exactly a, a spot where I, where I got that from, but I will tell you, my dad was a receiver and he was always, you know, more of the pretty boy, catch the ball, score touchdowns for sort the of thing. For me, I, I automatically was more of a blue collar guy. And I had the chance to play offense or defense in college with some of the schools that were talking to me, but never once did I ever think, okay, I want to be an offensive guy. I've always just had the mindset of somebody who's going to stop people from scoring, stop people from making plays more so than being pretty and dancing in the end zone and having a clean jersey after the game. So, I mean, Pop Warner, I was a a middle linebacker. Made a lot of plays there. So, you know, tackling's always been a part of my game, and it's always been something I've taken pride in being a sound tackler. And I've led the team in tackles three years, maybe two or three years. I mean, tackling is something I got in the bag, and it's something I love to do.
0: Which is crazy to have a DB leading a team in tackles, but that kind of, you know, transitions right into the next point, which is in today's NFL, we just saw it in the Super Bowl. Tight ends are the name of the game in the passing game. You know, Travis Kelsey, I mean, the Chiefs trade away, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, the most explosive wide receiver in the NFL, and their passing offense got better because of how dynamic their tight end is. So teams are going to look, for defensive backs who can run with the, you know, these deep threat wide receivers, but then also come up and be physical with these big, solid tight ends. So, do you feel that with given your tackling prowess and your versatility, that you are well suited to be able to cover some of the elite tight ends in today's game?
1: I mean, yeah, that's a great point you just made, and that's exactly what I think I'm built for. I think I can go out there and run with a Jalen Waddle on one play, and then line up the next play. They motion the tight end over and I can press him at the line of scrimmage or I can fit off his off his run block and, and hold the edge and make a tackle that way. So I think I got the, the physicality to be able to match up with tight ends. I also have the strength as well and the aggressive mindset to be able to do that and not be a liability in the run game and also have the speed and athleticism to cover, to cover the fastest guys in the league. You know, you talked about
0: your pro day and how you're excited to be able to show people, you know, some of these – numbers that you're going to put up. I'm always interested, guys, you know, talk about, you know, the training that goes into Combine and Pro Day. What, what's that been like for you and how how excited are you? What are some of the numbers you're wanting to put up?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I'm training out here in Nashville right now at X3. Um, it's got a little bit of notoriety. It's nice. It's definitely a great facility. Um, the day-to-day, is, it's, it's almost training for a, a track meet. You know, I'm every day I'm working speed like I've never worked it before and it, the results are starting to show off for sure. We had midpoint testing and you know, the numbers I'm seeing are, are numbers that I've never seen out of myself before, but I think they showed themselves on the field. You know what I mean? Like you've never trained to be a combine guy. You trained to be a football player, but now I'm starting to have both of them and I can see the translation. Like, okay, I do look like this on film, but now I'm actually about to go run it. So uh, the numbers, um, my original goal for pro day was anything under 4-4 in the 40. Um, I'm not going to give away any specifics, but I'm way under that right now. So I'm looking to to shoot as low as I can at this point. I mean, I, I want to fly. Uh, my vertical is going to be above 40. I'm, I'm going to aim for 42, but we'll see. And then... Um, Broad drill, the broad jump, L drill, and the shuttle, those are all things that I'm still working on. I don't have a set number for those, but we're going to try to make sure that each of them is an elite. That's my that's my um, standard for that and my benchmarks for those.
0: You know, one thing that I find interesting, especially with DBs, do you do the bench press or do you not do the bench press? I know linemen, everybody's got to do the bench because we got to show our strength. Do you feel that you need to do the bench press to show your strength or do you feel that the agility drills and then your tape will make up for that?
1: Um, I'm a competitor. So, you know, barring any sorts of sort of hiccups from here to there, I'm going to do it. Um, I don't have a problem with showing off what I could do on the bench press. I think my bench press numbers are sizable. You know, though, they're not going to show people that I can play linebacker, but they're also going to put me in a good position to where, okay, you see the strength on film. And here it is. This, is. this is where it comes from. So uh, I don't have a problem with doing it. And, you know, as a competitor and as somebody who shows a lot of strength on film. I think it's something that I could benefit from more so than, than losing any, any sort of, um, I don't know, credibility in that way.
0: You know, you talk about film. That's always one thing, you know, that people kind of take for granted is how important it is to not only, you know, be a student of the game and be in the weight room a lot and be able to put up the numbers, but also how important it is to be able to study film, break down film, know what you're looking at, read your offenses. So, how vital is, you know, film work and film study to your game and getting you to where you are today? And what's your kind of film routine like?
1: Yeah, film's huge. Um, I mean, I think any DB who's a master at their craft will tell you that film film plays a big part in that. And the biggest thing for me in film is tendencies and offensive concepts. Like, what I've learned about football is so many things are, are the same thing from a different picture, and the best offensive coaches will – get to the same concepts from different looks and they'll put the defense in positions specifically for one purpose to get one thing out of it. So for me, um, just kind of being in the mind of that offensive coordinator and seeing, okay, this is, he likes to get this receiver in the flats. He likes to get this receiver on a vertical. And when they do a sprint out, you know, those sorts of things, just the tendencies of the offensive coordinator and how they're best utilizing their players um, and being able to put myself in that mindset. I think those are the most important things in filming. With in terms of routine, um I always take extensive notes on kind of what they're doing, their main concepts, the percentage of those concepts, um what guys they're targeting, what they'll do against similar coverages to the things that we run. And I think those are the main things that I look for um when I'm watching film, yeah.
0: Do you try to, you know, obviously as a kid growing up, you probably had DBs that you talked about Tyrant Matthew was somebody you used to watch on. Do you still watch guys or now is it more focused on watching your own film, breaking it down and perfecting your craft?
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question. Um, for me, I would say the older I get and the closer to the the actual goals I have, I think it's, it gets harder to watch guys in admiration the same way that you used to. If I watch, you know, the Super Bowl, I'm going to be strategically seeing, okay, what coverage are they in? What are they doing right here? Like, oh, they brought Travis Kelsey in motion right here to to run the corner, or well, they came back to that same motion to get Buddy in the flats on the touchdown play. So um, I think uh, I watch my film a lot to kind of see what I'm doing and what I can improve on. And in terms of um, things that I can add to my game and – you know, what I should anticipate from the league or from certain players, I think I'll watch other players film for that.
0: You know, one thing that's vital to any opportunity in the league is your your character, your off-the-field character and what you bring as a person. It's something that makes or breaks opportunities in today's NFL. So if one of these 32 NFL teams brings you in, they take a shot on you, what are they going to get from you as a person?
1: Yeah, um, I think I've always taken pride in this. Uh, A lot of guys have all the talent in the world. I've seen plenty of players, you know, miss out on their opportunities just based on things that were in their control. And for me, um, I've always taken pride in being a guy of high character, no off the field issues. No, I mean, nothing records as clean as can be. So uh, when you get me, you're going to get somebody who works hard, won't give you any headaches. Um, I'm a leader on and off the field, but also willing to accept the coaching, accept, you know, the, the veterans, you know, I'm a humble guy coming from a small school where they didn't even really care about football as much as you would think you know being a south team there's a lot of people from the north and they just didn't really it's it's a different culture so you know i got all american one day and the next day i'm in class studying for you know uh, an ancient uh, medieval religion test yeah <laughs> nothing changed so i think i bring a lot of humility to the table that's lost on a lot of a lot of football players especially the bigger name guys who are treated like celebrities at this point you know I, that's never been my mo i'm a I'm a regular guy who's built up myself um, a lot for a lot of things outside of football that that make me who I am. So, uh, yeah, high-character guy.
0: You know, when you talk about the humility and the humbleness, you know, you were an All-American. Guys like Phil Steele, who anybody who watches college football for more than five seconds, everybody knows who Phil Steele is. He puts together all the books that tells us anybody who's anybody, and Phil Steele has mentioned your name a lot over your college career, so when you see stuff like that, how are you able to keep yourself grounded and remind yourself that, like, hey, there's still work to be done, there's still another level I can get to, what are you able, how are you able to do that, and just remind yourself that the best is yet to come?
1: Yeah, shout out to Phil Steele, um, first of all, and second of all, um, I've always had a chip on my shoulder, like, from the very beginning of my college playing career, you know, I've always felt like, one, the odds are stacked against me just based on the numbers. You look at the numbers. I mean, nobody is at an advantageous position, and you start going down the ladder. Okay, well, he's not six foot. Okay, well, he's not 200 pounds. Okay, well, he's not at a FBS school. You know what I mean? This the, the percentages get lower and lower. And for me, I've always came from a spot where I got to earn it, and I'm going to have to do this much more than the competition and prove it this much more than the guys that I'm going to be up against. So, for me, being humble comes naturally. Like, it's not something I've ever struggled with. I've achieved a couple of accolades, but in my mind, like I haven't scratched the surface of what I want to do uh, in terms of football. And I set a really high standard for myself. So, you know, being able to get to a higher a higher bar has always been the goal and it always will be the goal. So um, humility is something that's never been lost on me in all honesty.
0: So if you weren't a pro football player, if you weren't going to be a pro football player, what would you be pro in? Just in general? Yeah, pro anything. It's not football. But what what else do you think you would be trying to be a pro in?
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't know, but um, I actually do all the video editing, directing, and producing of any content that I put out. So the graphic of the draft that you mentioned earlier, I put that together myself. The highlight tapes that you might see here on YouTube or on Instagram or wherever, wherever, uh, all that's done by me. So I think that's something I have a small passion in. I really enjoy putting together you know, creative content for myself or for other people. And, you know, on top of that, I have other a couple other talents that that uh fly under the radar because football just it, it's it's what's most immediate is what you see about me. But I definitely got some versatility on and off the field.
0: That that graphic editing has to come in handy because I've I've heard some guys who tell me what they're paying dudes to make their edits and I'm like, man, learn to do it yourself.
1: <laughs> I, got, I got the Cold World shirt on right now. Yeah, I mean, didn't have to pay myself a dime.
0: You know, and that's one thing that, you know, college football has changed. You guys are able to have more of your own brand, have more of your own image. The name, image, and likeness has allowed you guys to do things that four or five years ago you weren't doing. So how big of a game changer was NIL for you? And, you know, what what are your feelings now that, like, NIL is here, it's here to stay, and you guys are really getting opportunities to better yourselves and better your lives?
1: Yeah, I mean – I'm happy about it. I'm happy about NIL. And I think it's about time that guys start to get, you know, compensated in some regard for um everything that they're bringing to the table. But um, at the same time, for me personally, it didn't change anything. As it, funny as that might sound, it didn't change a thing. I mean, I didn't make a dime off of any NIL deal um, in my entire playing career. So by the time NIL really came around, I was already kind of setting my sights like, all right, Maybe I can nickel and dime my way something here, but I'm really kind of just more focused on making sure that my goals come to fruition. And for me, it would take a hell of a deal from a company that I really believed in to to actually make something happen in that regard. So for me, I never actually was able to benefit off the way I wanted to or the way that you would have expected, especially coming from a small school. But um, I do think it's cool. I think it's, it's good for the game.
0: You know, you talked about early on about, you know, that process of finding an agent. You know, that's a process that a lot of guys don't really realize is something you have to do. And it is a process. So talk about, you know, how just what that process was like for you. And, you know, now that it's done and it's over with and you found yourself with a really great agency, how, how much of a relief that's been for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, this was almost like college recruitment again, all over again. I feel like every even the NFL draft process is feeling kind of like that. You know what I mean? And I think it kind of mirrors my experience there as well. Um, My agent now, Christian Addison, um, he reached out to me maybe week three of the season and was like, hey, I really like your game. I have watched a lot of film on you. Why don't I uh, come meet you and we can grab bagels or something? It was like bagels or coffee or something like that. And um, from there, we kind of just started building a working relationship. I think we both come from an underdog mentality. And I really appreciate, you know, the work that he's been able to put in um, off off the scenes and behind the scenes, I should say. Um, And for me, other guys were just not putting in that. And I could see that there was a difference in the hunger just based on, like, myself. The hunger is the one thing I'm going to bring to the table. And I think Christian matches that because his clients are such a small pool of guys that he has to go hard for us because... His neck is on the line, just like our necks are on the line. You know what I mean? And, you know, I could tell maybe I got a interest from this bigger corporation, but I'm just a number on a piece of paper for them. You know, it doesn't matter if I fail or whatever. They're going to they're gonna be fine without me. So for me, it was about having somebody that believed in me, believed in my game, actually watched the film and saw, you know, what they were getting out of me and believed in me as a person. And I think, you know, from that standpoint, I think that's what brought me – that decision and it wasn't hard for me at all to be honest you know
0: you talk we've talked about the versatility you bring on the field and there's a lot of different schemes in today's nfl different teams are playing a lot of different things do you feel that there's a scheme you fit better in or do you feel like that versatility your ability to tackle in the run game your ability to cover the tight end cover the speed receiver allows you to fit into any defensive scheme that you might encounter in the league
1: yeah so um I'm always gonna be a realist with myself in terms of you know what I bring to the team and what I bring to the table and how my skill set fits uh, best with today's NFL. And I think, you know, being able to excel on special teams from a skilled position standpoint is already huge. I think a lot of a lot of guys might be a specialist in terms of their game fits a certain a certain thing. I think my game is perfect for special teams, but I'm also a situational piece where you can put me in at the nickel high safety and I can excel coming off the edge I can excel covering tight ends I can excel as a high safety so I think that versatility I mean just being able to use me as a Swiss army knife and figure out you know what may be needed based on um the the rest of the personnel on the team um is definitely something that's going to work in my favor
0: so did you grow up having a favorite NFL team I mean I know being from North Carolina People might think the Carolina Panthers, but who is your favorite team bro now?
1: Yeah, you might think the the Carolina Panthers, but my dad played for the Tennessee Titans, so i'm I'm always been a Titans fan. And here I am in Nashville. Um, and I see the Titans players just walking around and it's almost surreal, but at the same time, I'm trying to I'm trying to get right there with them. So I, I would say I'm a Titans fan, but at this point, um I'm gonna be a fan of whoever pays me.
0: I was gonna say what how hard is it to flip the switch going from like, probably growing up as a kid it was probably like Vince Young and guys like that so now it's like nah I'm I'm trying to be the next guy
1: yeah I mean I think it's naturally been something that's happened over time where I don't necessarily idolize people anymore but um at this point it, it's kind of yeah the switch got flipped when I declare it. it's like now it's now it's game time and I don't even consider myself a Titans fan anymore I'm a fan of whoever is a fan of me whoever wants my talent on their team that's who I'm going to be a die die hard for and I was loyal to Elon. I'm bringing that same loyalty to the league. And and I'm going to make somebody's return on investment very high.
0: You know, you talked about, you know, your mom and your dad several times throughout this. You know, and a lot of people don't understand, you don't get to where you are today without a solid support system and a solid just group of people who have got your back, been behind you and supported you along this journey. So talk a little bit about the support system you have in place and just how much they've meant to you on your football journey.
1: Yeah, man, I'm glad you gave them a spotlight. Uh, for me to for me to do that, uh, my family's everything. My support system, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it out for the world. I mean, family, immediate family, friends, um, the people that I am closest with now are the people that I was closest with when I was five years old. So, you know, I kind of have always had the same goal, same passion, and the reason I've been able to be so stable and so focused in that sort of thing is because I've had so much support, and there's so much riding on it, uh, on my success in terms of you know, all the people that support me. And I think they're my main driving force through a lot of it. So I wouldn't have been able to do, you know, a fraction of this without everybody that's involved. And I think anybody that supports me, if I were to lose that support, it would take a massive toll.
0: I'm always interested. Some guys, you know, especially guys who play the game at the highest level, they have superstitions or they have things they have to do before every game. Do you have any weird traditions or superstitions that you have to do or any like, meals that you find yourself eating before almost any game?
1: Oh, um, I have no crazy superstitions. I have a playlist that I'll play at a specific time mark before the game starts. And it will progress from like classic R and B and like real slow songs to the end. I'm damn near listening to chief Kiefer or something. That's just going to make me maybe want to rip somebody's head off in the best way possible. So, uh, I'd say if there's, if there's a routine that I have, it's that. And then um, I love going out and warming up, doing one-handed catches with, with my teammates. That's fun to me. Like, it's my time to to be a receiver and feel like, you know, uh, I can make some plays like that, get ready mentally. So you're
0: coming out with the boom box, like the 49ers, Debo and Trent Williams, just ready to run through a wall by the end.
1: Oh, yeah. I keep it contained. It's all, like, super calm on the outside. And then – After that first tackle, it just snaps like you're just game over and all that aggression built up blows up to the surface. But I'm definitely I'm definitely stoic on the outside. You can't tell that I'm ready to rip somebody apart.
0: So one thing we love to do on this show is give advice to high school athletes. And, you know, you're kind of uniquely suited to give several different pieces of advice. So I want to have you start by talking to a guy who's a high school defensive back, you know, obviously that's the position you play. It's the one you're going to be able to give the best advice on. So if you could talk to a high school DB who wants to play college football, but they don't really know where they need to start to elevate their game to where it's good enough to play college ball. What would you tell that kid to focus on?
1: Um. I would say as a high school guy, the main thing you should focus on early on or in this position is technique. I think that separates almost every – I went to every prospect camp that we had, and what separates guys to me outside of being faster, bigger, faster, or stronger is just technique. That's the way you can separate yourself from the competition. And I think everybody in high school should focus on being a technician because guys are so raw at that, at that level. That you can really start to separate yourself if you have good feet, good transition skills, good hands, good coordination, and you understand the the art of being a DB more so than just the physical aspect of it. I think that's the best advice I can give anybody in terms of a defensive back.
0: You know, and if you could talk to a kid who's similar situation is what you found yourself in where, you know, maybe a little under-recruited, not getting the offers that you were hoping to get or not getting as many offers as you were hoping to get, You know, if you could talk to a kid who's in a similar situation and it's getting a little frustrated and a little down and out about it, what would you want to tell them about that situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, growing up, I always thought, you know, Miami University would be a great place, or NC State, maybe Wake Forest. Uh, For me, I think the best advice I can give somebody like that is find your home. Like, find a spot where they really believe in you as a player and as a person, and they're going to support your dreams uh, outside of just being a football player I think the main reason I committed to Elon was just for that very reason. And uh, Coach Smith, the corner coach at the time, was somebody I really connected with that a pers- as a person, and we still talk to this day. So being able to find somebody uh, or a place that sees you as a football player or as more than a football player um, is so much more important than getting that FBS offer because I know a lot of guys that were in my same situation, and their player day, or they got bigger offers than me and played at bigger schools than me, and their playing days are over you know, and, and here I am, with one offer, you know, so much so much smaller than any school that I ever dreamed that I was going to play at, never imagined that I would play at somewhere as small as Elon, um, and I have a chance to go to the NFL as a result, and on top of that, I got to play snaps as soon as I stepped on campus, so I'd say, yeah, just find that home, find that place they believe, that believes in you, and all you need is one offer, that's all you can accept, you can only take one, you know, no matter, you can get 50 offers, all you can take is one. You know,
0: and one thing that I don't think high school kids realize anymore is your social media and, the you know, the image you're putting out there for the world to see. That's what coaches have to go off of. You know, social media, social media is vital these days. So if you could talk to a kid who maybe doesn't understand how important Twitter is to their recruiting, how important Twitter is to their image and what coaches see, what would you want to tell these young kids about, you know, branding and, you know, social media presence? What would you want them to know?
1: Yeah, it's simple. Um, you're You're a professional at this point. And you have to treat yourself as a professional. What would you want your boss to see? And it's it's that simple. Um, if it if it can tarnish your image in any way, whether it be profanity or um, even liking something, you know that might send the wrong message. Uh, could be the difference between you and a guy that has a perfect brand image. So uh, treat yourself as a professional. Treat yourself as a business. Act accordingly and um, make sure everything is clean. I saw. I mean, look social media, just football. That's, that's all it is. You know what I mean? Just keep it football. That's simple.
0: That's probably honestly the best advice is if you're, if you're trying to use it as a recruiting platform, keep it as a recruiting platform. Yeah. So obviously we've heard about what you bring on the field. All we got to do is turn on the highlights to see what type of player you are. We've gotten to learn about you as a person and gotten to see, you know, what you bring as a character and as an individual off the field but like we've talked about, the ultimate goal at the end of the day is that one of these 32 NFL teams brings you in, they take a shot on you. At the end of the day, why should one of these 32 NFL teams take a shot on Cole Coleman?
1: Yeah, I think I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, I think there's two options that every team has, and and somebody's going to pick the one option that I think is the best option. And uh, it's either you can you know, take the time to figure out how to use me as a weapon or take the time to figure out how to stop me from causing too much damage. And I think uh, the potential I have far outweighs any sort of risk just based on my versatility. So I'm gonna be useful on special teams. I'm gonna be useful um, as a depth player at any position on the back end. Um, And I think the return on investment for somebody like that is huge, especially when you take the time to consider the potential I bring to the table as just a raw freak athlete with an insane uh, physical prowess.
0: Cole, I've had an absolute blast having you on today, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: Folks, that is 2023 NFL draft prospect, Elon University defensive back, Cole Coleman. But that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. What you doing, man? What you doing, man?